Sessions with professional musicians is a blessing. Come follow me on this mission from the fist in the funk. On the progression to the crowd, guessing what the task is to bring the funk back. Dear wonderful humans, I introduce you to Adam Millward, mandala artist, minds.com personality, and invoker of the infinite creative chaos that dwells within us all. Adam is an ideal guest to have on Airverse since one of the things I'm most interested in doing for myself and helping others achieve is the transformation of my daily life through the engaging with the imagination, expressing self, and evolution of consciousness that comes through artistic practice. Adam has created a livelihood for himself out of his mandala paintings and various unique art merchandise, and he's gained quite an impressive following on Minds.com as well. Make sure you check out the notes in this episode for a link to Adam's website, nexusvisions.com, and feast your eyes upon the incredibly symmetrical, transcendentally trippy Amazing mandalas and paintings. Adam, my friend, welcome to Interverse. Thanks, man. That's one heck of an introduction. I, uh, I might have to copy some of that for my website intro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. That gets me pumped up to hear that uh, my art resonates with you like that. You know, that, that, that's why I do it. I, I, I love to invoke that, uh, that, that feeling in people where they can see something and maybe have a little bit of a mystical experience or, or maybe, or maybe, um, you know, just understand that there's other people around that have had similar experiences to ones they've already had. Uh, totally. And it's also really cool to look at any person's art who is just doing it their way, uh, completely their way with no, no real modeling of other people's work um, other than, you know, maybe what comes through subconsciously. And I'm not saying that you don't have inspirations, but uh, you're just one of those artists that seems to have figured out their thing and it didn't really matter um, that you started a little late in the game, so to speak. You were able to just jump right into that flow of expressing and uh, that's actually how I like to do my artwork as well, kind of just a chaotic spiral out from a center point. Mine aren't symmetrical <laughs> by any means though. I don't have that kind of patience or uh, steady hand, so it's really impressive to see what you do. I hope the listeners have uh, def gone through and checked out some of the uh, paintings by now. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, what I do um, is I do two styles of art now, but uh, the main thing that uh, that I started with and that's uh, that's my main focus is mandala art. And, um, you know, it's uh, I, I started painting only when I was 31 years old. I made my first painting. And uh, by the time I was 34, I was doing it full time. Um, for me personally, uh, I, I'm self-taught, so I never had anyone telling me I was doing things the wrong way or that I should be doing things this way or, hey, you know, maybe try this or that or the other thing. Uh, I kind of took the approach to it 
that if I paint a hundred, eventually I'll get good at it. You know, like, um, I've been playing guitar for, you know, 20 some odd years. And, um, you know, that, that's how, how it worked for me with the guitar is like, you know, slow and steady. And, and now I can play pretty decently on the guitar. So I kind of took that same approach with mandalas, but instead of, you know, doing it as a as a hobby a few hours a week part-time I, I went all in I said you know what what if I had started playing guitar well you know what or what if I had had the same attitude I have now when when I started playing guitar you know maybe I would have been in a band or touring touring around the world in a band by now but uh, I gave my all with the mandala thing and um, lo and behold it's a, it's 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 my career now it's my passion I think there's people all around the world that resonate with what I do and um, on a pretty much daily basis at least one person will tell me about um, how my arts inspired them or maybe given them uh, you know just a, a, a brief respite from all the other crap that you see on social media you know it's nice to take a look at your mandalas for a second you know things like that and um, that, that's really what's important to me is is to get that that vibe out of 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 I guess so it's never too late to start, you know, if you're passionate about something, if you give it your all, you can make it happen. You know, when I started, there was so many people telling me that uh, you're crazy to think you can quote unquote, just become an artist when you're 31 and uh, you have to know the right people and you got to be lucky and this and that and the other thing. <clears throat> but um, I was lucky that I, I, I had a lot of, positive influence in my life through the form of things like Tony Robbins books and uh, law of attraction material and um, just just things like that 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 kept me focused and gave, gave me the the belief that uh, if I gave it my all then I could make it happen and uh, and I did and, and you can too whoever's listening to this uh, you know it's uh, life is short and it's I don't think we're we're meant to be stuck working other people our whole lives you know slaving at jobs that we don't enjoy so that that's what I hope to to that listeners get out of this is go for it do it make it happen life is short and uh, whatever your passion is it's possible to turn it into something that'll support you hallelujah that's like the that's the core message of what I like to talk about here on the podcast and what you express right there uh, it's something that is going to inspire others and it's something that we can't say you know frequently enough that it's possible to actually make this transformation for yourself and all it takes is that dedication and daily practice and realization that is one step at a time and that the journey you're going to be on through this creative path that you that's unique to you whatever it is that you do personally you listening uh, you're going to also start unlocking different parts of yourself outside of the daily practice. It's really fascinating that a common thread that I hear from all kinds of artists that I speak with is that thread of self-transformation and taking responsibility for your own manifestations and finding just the right information, just the right teachers, just the right synchronistic uh, occurrences to actually pull you along that path. Do you think that your creative development is tied into your spiritual evolution? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, <clears throat> when I started painting, I was uh, working in a call center, and uh, my life pretty much consisted of um, 
getting drunk as often as I could. I was into hard drugs. So I did a lot of cocaine. <clears throat> and um, then I went to work. And uh, the call center I worked at uh, was sort of a gray area call center. You know, there was a lot of misleading that was going on to make sales. And it was encouraged. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't something that I felt good about at the end of the day. But um, I had developed uh, this style of doodling while I worked in call centers. I spent almost 17 years working in call centers. And we had post-it notes at our desks. And that's where my whole art mandala style started was doodling little mandalas on post-it notes and um you know years ago a friend of mine said uh, maybe you should try painting those but uh, you know i was working in a call center i was making good money I, I didn't think of myself as an artist in any way shape or form i didn't know quote unquote how to paint you know it's uh you know of course i didn't know how i never tried it <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's no real right way or wrong way, right? There's just your way and improving on that. Yeah, I mean, it totally depends what you want to learn. You know, of course, there's there's techniques that you can learn if you want to paint uh, light in, into into a painting or if you want to paint uh, landscapes or, or portraits. There's for sure tricks of the trade that you can learn from a more experienced artist. But when it comes down to it, you, you know, the artist can tell you all those tricks, but until you do them and make mistakes doing them and don't do them properly the first time, you're not going to learn anything. I like to compare it to, to learning how to swim. You know, if, if I'm standing next to a pool with you, I can wave my arms in the air and say, you have to do this when you're in the water. But if you're not in the water, anything I tell you until you get in the water is meaningless. So, um, you know, that's what it comes down to with, uh, with art or, or with uh, music or with uh, sports, you know, if you're uh, if you're a skateboarder or a snowboarder or whatever it is that you do, you know, nailing that next trick, you know, if you don't try it, of course you're never going to nail it. Yeah, I think there's um, analogies to a lot of areas of life where if you aren't that experienced in whatever the thing is that you're looking at, but it's interesting to you, you can really be awed and amazed and inspired by it. But once you start to actually delve into that thing, like, for example, with skateboarding, if you were watching Tony Hawk do a 900 degree spin, you would have very little clue of the nuance that went into how he actually achieved that trick. But if you had put time into skateboarding and you were watching that trick, you would see all the little shifts of his weight and how he positioned every part of his body. And you would really pick up on the artistry in that, even though it's not like a physical art, it's still... You know, all these things are type of art. And oh, yeah, um, for sure. so with like, my question for you is, um, apart from getting inspiration by seeing other people's artwork, do you feel that just actually uh, spending time with daily practice allows you to unlock new techniques almost as if you were going to class just in about the, you know, the same pace as you would imagine if you were getting trained? Because that's something I hear from artists is that things sort of just come to you one thing at a time as you, um, you know, find more ways to mess around and find more ways to uh, translate what you imagine onto your medium. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just one, one thing I want to quickly kick back to is you asked me about how art uh, had to do with my spiritual and I started mentioning about how I used to be a party animal and everything. I just wanted to get back quickly that uh, oh, yeah, please. six months after I started painting, I stopped drinking alcohol, I stopped using hard drugs, and now five and a half years later, I haven't gone back to that lifestyle because I have something 
in my life that's more powerful than that 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 I can't do if I'm partying I can't paint if I'm drunk I can't run my business if I'm drunk I can't you know do any of the things that need to be done to turn my passion into a lifestyle so um then then coming back to what you just asked me <clears throat> about do I think um that I that it's kind of like unlocking levels and things like that or or if I have the you know I I, I don't think Personally, here's my opinion about going to art school. I think in art school, a huge part of art class is going through the critique where you sit around with everyone in the class and you trash each other's work. And, you know, it really all depends on who's in your class because some people will genuinely want to be giving you good advice, but then there's a lot of other people that are just in there with big egos and they're just going to trash you and you're going to go home and cry after you get critiqued because, you know, there's 20 people with different opinions and it's like, I've heard so many artists tell me that they're terrified of showing their work to people and when I ask them why, they're like, oh, well, I showed it to my teacher once and she said it was garbage or I showed it in class and 10 people hated it and two people were like, oh, it's, you know, I would throw it in the toilet, you know, like stuff like that. I hear stories like that all the time. When I develop my own art style painting at home by myself, you know, outside of a, of a train, any type of training, I would finish a painting, hang it on the wall and sit there for an hour and just be in awe. And I'd be like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I'm so, that's amazing. And that feeling I got, like that replaced all the partying and everything. So that's why I, I kept painting because I wanted to get that feeling again. And it was a clean, healthy feeling, a feeling of like, wow, I did this, this, I put this time into this endeavor and this is the result and the result is in here in front of my eyes and it's solid and I can pick it up. And, you know, I worked in call centers for 17 years where, where the, you know, the only thing solid I got from what I did was a paycheck and, uh, you know, writing some numbers on a, on a, on a marker board <laughs> and maybe at some of them there was a bell to ring, but you know, it's, it's totally not the same vibe you know, and like, uh, I think it, it, it gave me a little bit of uh, understanding of, um, you know, say, say somebody who's, who's works in construction, you know, at the end of the day, if you build a house, you can drive by that house for 20 years and go, I built that. And like, that's a feeling that, that working in a call center never gave me. And it's a cool feeling. So uh, I imagine it's similar to nailing a trick on a skateboard for the first time or beating your time and, uh, in uh, your laps when you're trying to, you know, in a race or whatever. So, um, you know, there, that, that, that feeling is that, that comes from, from following your passion and it's a hard feeling to get if you're not following your passion. There is a lot to what you just said, uh, there, but, um, one thing about following a passion like painting is that when you have, you know, apart from the fact, you know, it's amazing what you told me. Okay, I'll back up a little bit. It's amazing what you told me about getting over those addictive patterns because that's another common thread that I come across all the time with artists. It's that um, we're the type of people that kind of are all or nothing with, with stuff. And whenever we can actually replace that, uh, you know, that high we get from our self-destructive behaviors and our kind of chasing the dragon behaviors, was something that's productive. Now, not only did you get the good energy and the good feeling of the, at the, as the outcome of the act, 
but you have something substantial that remains after it's over. The energy is invested into a physical object that stays there. And Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, until you spill coffee on it like I did with a project I was working on for like two months. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm going to finish that one and just call it coffee stained brain. But anyway, anyway, uh, I had a question on your your spiritual um, understanding of you know things like intention and the law of attraction. Would you say that you put a particular intention into artwork that goes to clients, or especially with maybe commissioned work? And do you think that uh, you've had any you know reports of successful energetic improvement in someone's home or someone's life from incorporating something you created? Um, you know, it's it's cool that you asked that because uh, when I do custom artwork, it really really depends on the client. Some clients come with stories of where they're where they want the piece of art to have healing properties for whatever reason, or maybe as a, a memorial mandala. I've done a few memorial ones for people that have passed on, you know, to be remembered and things like that. And then other people, they're just like, "Oh, here's a picture of my my living room, and can you make it match the drapes and the carpet?" So it really depends on the client. Um, yes, I have had some really pretty deep experiences, and I'd love to share share probably the most uh, touching experience I've had so far um, with regards to that kind of thing. Um, I guess it was about 2013. Um, I had uh, painted a painting, and it was up on Facebook, and um, the lady wrote to me, and um, she told me a story that uh, her husband had passed away not too long before um, from cancer and uh, she happened to be on Facebook flipping through my paintings with uh, her little daughter on her lap. Her daughter was six years old and it was her father that had passed away and um, you know I maybe had 50 or 60 paintings in this particular album she was going through and on one particular painting her daughter said stop that's daddy in heaven and um, she told me First of all, that's crazy just right there. But, um, but, yeah. but then she told me that in that moment, she was able to let go of all her own grief because she saw that her daughter had accepted that her dad had passed away because she was like, hey, that's daddy in heaven. That's cool that daddy's in heaven, you know, because she'd been so worried about how, how it was affecting her daughter that she hadn't had time to grieve for herself. So in that moment it caused, you know, a huge floodgate to open and she was able to experience her own grief and she ended up um, buying that painting and it hangs in her house and, um, you know, she's bought several other paintings since then. She's been a real supporter of my work and, um, you know, so we talk, you know, every few months and, um, you know, she always reminds me of that, how, how, how her daughter loves that painting. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, I never got anyone that called me back when I sold them something on the phone to tell me a story like that. So that, that's, you know, I'm almost got tears in my eyes just, just telling that story again. So, uh, yeah, me too, man. Um, that's really just something beyond what you could even imagine having an impact with whenever you create a painting, you know, where you're just doing it for fun or it's just something that you know, you're doing because you, it's your practice. It's not that you're not putting your soul into it. It's just that you never know what's going to come through and what kind of synchronicity can be generated. And with something like mandalas, it's, 
it's very interesting because I think there's possibly some kind of archetypical uh, subconscious information that comes through mandalas, through shapes, and through geometry that even though you might not be fully aware of consciously whenever you're creating them, especially if there's a random factor to what you're doing, it could almost be like you're channeling some sort of multidimensional message that speaks only to your unconscious mind, which is also the con- where your higher self is contained. Um, you know, being that your conscious mind processes something like 4,000 bits of information a second and your unconscious mind is processing 4 million or something. Um, you know, that's the greater part of yourself and it understands a lot of these archetypical symbols and shapes. And, um, you know, that uh, it's been said, especially by people that delve into psychedelics, that the, there is a, another layer of perception available in reality that is information that's contained within geometry. And that, symbi- that information, that archetype information that's in these shapes that are common to all people's psychedelic experiences and uh, higher spiritual experiences it's sort of like the web of unified consciousness that pervades all things. If you have a panpsychist or a idealist point of view about the universe instead of a materialist view. Um, so in a way it's entirely possible that there's some sort of geometric information encoding some kind of message. I I, I totally think there is. And and I think the information that's encoded is that existence and creation is infinite. And I think that that's what's encoded in the information. There's snowflakes, no two are like mandalas, no two are like, even say, for example, I took a mandala, quote unquote, skeleton, you know, just the outline. And then I gave it to a hundred different people. A hundred different people would color it in completely differently. And you'd have a hundred different things that would look completely different, even though they all had the same outline. So, I mean, in my experiences with psychedelics, that's that's basically what I experienced uh, was uh, infinity. And, I, you know, it's cool. I see I see it uh, often expressed in the cartoon Rick and Morty where, uh, you know, the Council of Ricks and things like that. And, uh, you know, where every Rick has a Morty. <laughs> like, I don't know if you're a fan of the show, but... Uh, oh, absolutely. And I'm very um, interested in the allegory that they're portraying with that show about the nature of reality and the nature of other people in your reality being uh, more like a, another, another Rick in yes. a citadel of Ricks that's gone awry more, <laughs> more than uh, it's actually some alien being. But what is interesting is every Rick has their Morty and it seems like um, every human has an ability to connect to the otherness in each other, despite the fact that we are all also emanations of the one and of the infinite. And the artistic uh, ability in humanity also allows for that generation of the infinite in the super unique snowflake that is each person's expression artistically and whatever it is that they're doing and however it is that they're living. And and that's, that's why my logo is the way it is. It's the word nexus with the infinity sign, like the X is the cross and the infinity sign. And uh, it encompasses the NE and the US on either side. But uh, that's because each of my mandalas starts with a dot in the middle, the nexus point. But then after that, the possibilities are infinite. But it's kind of like, you know, everybody's, everybody's got uh, that little little spark of the divine inside of them that, uh, that I see expressed in, in a lot of visionary art that, you know, we're, we're, all, we're all part of uh, something bigger and uh, we're all connected in so many ways. And when you're, when you're in your 
quote unquote regular human form you're not always aware of it and you know that's what life's about life is about being an individual and doing what you're you you as an individual um feel driven to do and that that's what makes makes uh the world go around you know that's what makes culture that's what makes change that's what makes progress that's what makes creativity is uh individuals doing their own thing and together we have this uh this this collective uh, experience of being being alive on this planet at this time. Uh, do you think that there is something going on in this particular time? It is an interesting time to live in, as the Chinese curse uh, goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely. You know, uh, I honestly try to stay as unplugged as possible from everything that's going on because you know if you stay plugged in 24 7 you're just gonna always think the world's coming to an end and we're surrounded by idiots and everybody's horrible but uh, i don't know if you've seen that meme where it says you know turn off your tv and go talk to your neighbor and the you know our country isn't as bad as it seems you know i'm canadian so i'm not uh, in the states but uh, same difference you know <laughs> a, a lot of similar um things going on culturally for sure mm. It's uh, so you know. I think that uh, a lot of these divisions that that are are reported on daily, and a lot of these you know things that everybody goes into panics about. It's it's a lot of it's just just media generated. It's you know bad things have always happened, but now with such a connected world, it's like it it's it's in your face right away, and it's highly curated by certain you know publishing companies that own all the media and all the radio stations and all the newspapers so you see the same thing on all of them no matter what channel you're on or what paper you're reading and uh you know i think that 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 um that maybe maybe part of this wanting to inspire creativity is maybe on some level i'm hoping that things are going to change like that and that's why i love that we connected on minds because there's this this new platform that uh, creative people and uh, you know conscious raising people can can connect on without being uh, you know censored and stifled and uh, you know just like all the other um, social media sites seem to be doing these days. So it's uh, it feels um, like a breath of fresh air to have found the Minds platform and. Uh, to be able to connect with uh, with people like you and people like our listeners that I'm hoping if they're not already on Minds, we'll, we'll come check it out. Yeah, I try to have several Minds personalities on the podcast because I do believe it's a great alternative to Facebook censorship, which I've personally experienced. And man, Facebook gets crazier all the time. But uh, as far as, you know, what we see in the world and kind of the, the chaos and madness and your desire to sp- spread and influence creativity in others would you say that you have you can see your life as the center dot in your nexus in your in a world mandala and have you been able to see changes in the parts of that mandala that are close to you like family and friends and your experience of daily life has that been influenced by the way that you've changed and transformed the center dot point of yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, it really has, um, you know, and uh, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty pretty much a full-time thing to run run a business based on art. You know, I have to not only paint, I have to do all the other things, and uh, I do it all by myself. So I'm a pretty busy dude, um, but it's it, it's building a future, you know, that, uh, that um, will give me a lot more freedom with my time in the future. So, um, you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen it said that it takes three to five years to, um, as an entrepreneur to live the rest of your life, you know, pretty much the way you want to. And I'm basically, you know, I've, it's been six years since I started painting. It's been three years since I've started, um, doing art full time. So I'm hoping in another couple of years, I'll be able to maybe free up a bit more time and balance out my work slash social life a lot more because, uh, I would like to, um, to, to, to be able to join more events and, you know, go to more, um, more festivals and, and, uh, spend more time at, at Alex Gray and Allison Gray's place in, uh, upstate New York called Cosm. I'm fairly certain you're familiar with, but, uh, sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> not sure if all your listeners are or not, but if you're not, uh, check it out. It's www.cosm. That's C O S M dot org they've got an amazing place in upstate new york with uh, a lot of alex's art uh, on display and um, a conscious community there of just uh, super super amazing people and um you know i'd love to be able to 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 start my own community like that and uh i think uh, i'm at i'm at, i'm at the stage where for now like i i can't really i don't have all the resources and the team around me to make something quite that big happen yet but by spending time with Alex and Allison and at Cosm and chilling with Chris Dyer and things like that, I'm able to, to learn a lot of the things that I'll need to learn to make that reality happen in, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever the case may be. But definitely um, my long-term goal as an artist is to create something very similar to Cosm. You know, I joked with Alex that I would call it Tazum, the Temple of Sacred Mandalas, and, and he got a good chuckle with that. And um, <laughs> you know, That's great. So, you know, there's uh, definitely um, the seed of, of that is, is, is growing right now. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's where, I, where I think that, I, that uh, the, the, the vision is headed because um, – I know for me, when I walked into Cosm for the first time, it was a really hard feeling to describe. Like I felt like I was at home for the first time. I was at a place where I could talk about pretty much anything that I had experienced with psychedelics, with, you know, whatever else, just life with going through addiction and stuff like that. And everyone would listen and everyone wouldn't judge and like genuinely care. And like, it was like, wait a minute, you guys, I don't even know all of you. And you guys care so much. And it was just this amazing feeling of coming home. And um, I'd love to be able to set up a place where other people can walk in and, and have that feeling too. That's beautiful, man. I actually share that type of desire. I've really thought for a long time that there needs to be more temples that are not related to any kind of pantheon of gods or to any kind of um, dogmatic view of life or spirituality or anything. And they should just be places where you enter and it's like you've gone through a portal into a world where everybody is expressing their imagination with no holding back. And um, 
you know, with mutual respect and mutual admiration and mutual support and grant each other the freedom to just exist and, um, you know, and see what comes through and collaborate. And it seems like people that have, you know, been impacted in a personal way or even just through like their online presence, uh, people like Alex and Allison Gray or Chris Dyer, it does seem to plant seeds in them like you described and um, those things really blossom and it's been a, it's an amazing movement that's come out of what those people and people like them have been pushing out into the world for so long. And uh, it's a great idea to have, uh, you know, to start working your attraction powers towards and uh, putting your actions towards step-by-step step to create a place like that in your area, because we need more of that. And uh, I'd actually be, I'd really think it was cool if you just came down into the Midwest United States where I'm from and just went on tour at some festivals around here and uh, set up vendor booths. Uh, that would be really rad. Um, and anyway, uh, I guess I, about the temple thing, I would say this is sort of like, my current incarnation of that temple is a, a digital conversation temple of sorts of that, you know, of that intent. So it's been really great talking this entire time. You've just mirrored and reflected everything that I um, ever hoped to be able to express and draw out of, of guests on this show. And I could have a million conversations of this type and never be bored with this type of conversation and this type of information, because I think that, it is what will transform our world and our reality and, and begin to heal the terrible worldviews that we're so plagued with in mass. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it, it's really, um, what can I, how can I put it? It's, it feels almost like, a like, um, I have, if, if you've read brave new world, like to me, it kind of feels like, uh, there's this branch of, of people that are connecting all around the world that have like similar ideas of sustainable living and, uh, you know, community and sacred space and, uh, you know, psychedelic experience being valid and not just, Oh, you're so druggy and anything that you saw under that was a hallucination and you better go to church and that kind of, kind of, kind of attitude. And, um, you know, uh, it, it feels like there's like, like, like the way that the media is today, it's all c controlled by, you know, these same giant corporations that own most of it. And they're, they're very efficient at organizing. And like the, our, our side has to become just as efficient at organizing and just as efficient as getting our message out. And um, it, it feels like it, it's, it's happening. It's a continuation. It's probably always been happening um, for, for centuries, you know, it definitely happened in the sixties. So, um, the word dictator actually means to repeat over and over again endlessly. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you start studying the etymology of words, you begin to see that the entire culture and society is this crazy magical construct designed to cage the imagination. And like you said before, unplugging from that and just plugging into your inner self and expressing that can have radical impacts on the world. But also, uh, like you said, getting our message out there is very important because as we see and begin to connect the dots and all the crazy stuff that's happening around us and begin to see how actually there's huge collusion between the media and the military industrial complex and the shadowy powers behind the scenes that should not be. Uh, and with our spiritual evolution also comes an ability to 
impact manifestations on the planet. It's been proven that groups, small groups of people, eight people can make changes and even um, influence the outcomes of wars and in wars pre, uh, early or wars that have been going on for long periods of time just with focused, sustained um, intention work as a group. And it doesn't take that many of us. So if we can be aware of the problems in the world and help people to see what's uh, right and correct, which is, you know, do no harm, take no shit. Basically it's, it's pretty simple, right? Yeah. Uh, we could really change a lot of what's, what's wrong just through our collective um, creative that's, manifestation that's, ability. That's why I think one of the most important things to do is set up these, these communities, these temples, these places, these pieces of property where people that have that desire to disconnect from the rest of it can go and disconnect from it and be in a community with other people who feel the same way. Because the truth is like, uh, we don't need to be on Facebook 24 hours a day. And I, I totally don't mean to be disrespectful, but you know, when, when, when people die on the other side of the planet that I didn't know that hap that happens every day. There's millions of people that die every day and all kinds of crimes and all kinds of stuff. And like, I don't need to be focused on that 24 seven. It just makes me sad. It makes me feel like the whole world's like that. And it's not, there's also all kinds of people that beat their time in their, in their laps today. There's all kinds of people that finished a painting that they've been working on for five years today. There's all kinds of people that raise money for charities today. There's all kinds of scientists that made new discoveries today that'll improve people's health. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that that goes on too. We just don't hear about it. And, 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 and I think there needs to be like this, this, this underground or not, I, I don't think it should be underground, but in the meantime, like I think it's, it, it there needs to be this, this community's connection of, of people that have these ideas where, where we stay connected with each other, where we can, you know, um, you know, feed off each other's positivity and ideas and, and ways to, to get around the system, quote unquote, and, you know, live uh, more sustainable lives and just things like that. And um, the internet's changing rapidly and it's getting harder and harder to connect with people about that. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, censorship is taking off big time, especially with Google and YouTube. And um, actually, you know, I really hope we can stay connected, Adam, because it's my intention to start delving into exactly what you're talking about, the creation of these communities, joining up with communities that already exist, and actually implementing strategies to siphon power away from these giant structures and into self-sustaining um, communities that aren't connected to these governments and these uh, terrible authority cults that are basically dominating the entire world and have been for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I've actually been put in touch with some in very interesting groups recently um, about, you know, sovereignty and, uh, you know, forming tribal collectives. And I hope to be able to bring some of that information forward in the podcast. So uh, you know, everybody stay tuned for that because I think everyone, everyone listening is probably sharing the sentiment right now that like, yeah, I'm ready to not need to work, um, this hard, you know, I'm ready to put this energy into something like gardening and working with my friends in the dirt and having food that I can know is actually healthy and good for me and know exactly where it's been from and, and know the source and in the freedom that we gain from 
living a much more moral lifestyle, I might add, because, you know, we won't be using as much fuel or polluting as much if, if we can really achieve these type of communities. Uh, right. And I, and I mean, it can start even before a community it can start at an individual level. Like me personally, it has to. I don't own a car. I've never owned a car. Um, I, 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 I make sure that wherever I live, everything is within walking or public transportation. Like the place I live right now, a big part of the reason I live here is because the grocery store is like across the street. I can walk to Michael's for all my art supplies in about five minutes. I love Michael's. That's pretty much uh, all I need. I don't go shopping for cars. I don't have 10 phones. I don't wear 20 pairs of Nike sneakers. You know, if I do, the mall is pretty much right across the street too. So like where, where I live at, I'm able to live a life where I don't have to use a car. And, I, and because I don't have to use a car, I don't have to get it insured. And I don't have to buy gas and all the other expenses that comes along Beautiful. with all of that. You know? So it's like, uh, I save thousands, put it this way. If I owned a car, I wouldn't have my own business. Probably I, I, I wouldn't be able to afford a car and invest the money back into getting new products with my art made and keep, you know, the whole thing going. So, um, you know, hopefully eventually one day I'll be able to have a vehicle that I can use, um, you know, tra travel and connect with, with more people. Like you mentioned, doing a tour of the Midwest is kind of hard to do if I don't have a vehicle. But, uh, you know, so for that kind of thing, it would be totally ideal. But it, it would, I, I, you know, to do something like that, I'd probably want more something like an RV or a little, you know, van that I could live in as I'm traveling. Yeah. Might also be possible to link up with a fellow artist who has got, uh, you know, a, a setup already, but they could maybe use an extra person to fill out the rest of their booth and attract people to their art as well, you know, kind of work together. I've seen a lot of people do that kind of thing as well. So um, you never know what you can attract and manifest if you have the intention and you put yourself in, in the right place for the right opportunities, you know. Um, for sure, man. That's something I never really even thought of. Like, uh, it was teaming up with someone else and doing, doing, doing it. But, uh, for me also, it's a little bit of a pain in the butt being in Canada. It's like getting a permit to work yeah. and earn money and bring my merch across the border and stuff like that. There's it's some a, good Canadian festivals that uh, I know of. Uh, I, I'm honestly kind of unaware of, uh, of most of them other than, uh, oh, what's the big one out West? I can't think of it. It happens up in the mountains anyway, but, um, I'm in Quebec and, uh, there's a few that happen, but I'll be honest, the part, the culture is a lot more about partying than it is about anything conscious, you know? Well, that, um, it's not necessarily your responsibility, but it could be something that you could influence change in if you infiltrated the uh, communities with potential, I've personally seen since I came into the festival culture in my area, and I definitely can't say that it's like this everywhere in the United States or in Canada because it probably isn't, but I've really witnessed a huge transformation in a large number of people in, and what I mean by that is like the regular people that I see going to music festivals in this area over the last five years, they've each person that I meet seems to be that like that the lowest common denominator is still very much more creative and uh, <laughs> unique and interesting in expressing themselves and expressing their truth than 
you know, than the average festival goer was in my area back in the day. So, and I, and what's really cool is that there's huge vibrant communities of artists and visionary art and, and crafts and creations that go on at um, the festivals that I I'm familiar with. And, you know, it's, it is something that helps to build that community and also helps people who aren't even aware that they could be living a different lifestyle, don't even know about conversations like what we're having to um, just be walking through the, the row of vendors and see that painting that makes them have that weird transcendental experience. Like you talked about with that one customer. Cool that you bring that up because you know what? I do do a lot of local arts and crafts fairs. They're not necessarily, uh, you know, with a, festival type of vibe they're more church basement type of vibe but uh a lot of times when i'm at at these events um it, it, it my work resonates with a lot of people first of all but the, the the thing that i notice is a lot of kids really resonate with what i do um like they'll come up to my table and be like wow and they'll just stand there with their eyes wide open and just stare for like two minutes and they'll go pull on their mom's arm and go mom mom come look at this and and that's amazing you know like uh, you know when somebody that's uh been to 100 festivals and taken as much acid as timothy leary looks at my art and goes hey man that's cool that's cool don't get me wrong but when a little kid (laughs) comes and goes wow and they're just standing there amazed i'm like wow that's 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 a compliment you know that's like my hair stands up when that happens and it's just a wicked feeling and and that goes back to like like what I think we're, we're trying to get at is like, you know, when, when you do these things that you're passionate about and when you, when you chase that feeling of whatever makes your hair stand on your end or bring a tear to your eye and gives you that like, you know, full feeling of, of, of life, of like joy and happiness and like connection, I guess really that's what it is. It's that feeling of connection. And um, when, when you pursue a passion, of course, it's going to be tough at first, you know, you're not going to know what you're doing, you might not be connected with a whole bunch of other people that are following the same passion as you are yet. And uh, you might not know where to go or what you're doing. But, you know, if, if, if you follow it, and, and like we've, you've mentioned a few times about that, that daily practice, um, it is it is important, it, it becomes, you know, whatever you're passionate about, it's got to become part of your routine because if it's not then you're not really passionate about it you know that that's what it comes down to if you're not willing to to give the the effort to your passion then maybe the thing that you're passionate about isn't a real passion you know when when you find your real passion you're going to be willing to sacrifice and make things happen you're going to be willing to stop spending your weekends in the bar and hungover and you're going to be willing to switch the group of people you hang around with and you're going to be willing to work for 90 hours a week because that's what you have to do and things like that. You know, you're going to be willing to do all those things because it's not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like self-improvement. It's going to feel like, uh, like nailing a trick on a skateboard or, or, or hitting that solo that you've been practicing for six months and you nail it for the first time on a guitar, you know, like that, that feeling it'll, it'll, It'll come, and like we mentioned before, each time it comes, it's like unlocking a level, and then you, you, you get to that next level and the next level, and there's always a next level because, you know, I, I know that uh, several famous musicians in their 90s and famous artists in their 90s have said, I'm still learning, and that's why I still make art, and uh, or that's why, why 
I'll never stop learning things like that. Um, you know, so when you follow your passion, you leave that ripple effect behind you of all those things that other people can look at for inspiration. Absolutely. And if you don't have that passion, that thing that you can't put down yet, I recommend exploration because if you just explore your creativity in a variety of mediums, the development that you gain from that, you're going to find ways to translate that into whatever it is that winds up being your passion, whether it ends up being a combinatory passion of several things or like with you, I read in your bio on your website that you had, you know, you started with doodling on like post-it notes and then I saw a lot of pencil drawings and that evolved into the painting style, even though you never painted, but aspects of what you were doing before just for fun, just exploring translated into what you did next. And well, it wasn't even exploring. Like I wasn't even doing that consciously. Those doodles I used to do just like, cause I was bored out of my mind because at our call center jobs, we weren't allowed to have books at our desk. We weren't allowed to have coloring books at our desk. We weren't really allowed to have anything that could distract us at our desk, but we all had a pen and a post-it note to take down callback information if we needed to call people back. So that was like the only thing I could do when calls were slow or if I was like really, you know, focused on a conversation, I could kind of doodle absentmindedly and, uh, and you know, it didn't start off as a passion at all. I mean, I didn't think of myself as an artist at all. I was actually, you know, came into the art world as a collector before I became an artist. You know, I bought paintings from Chris Dyer. Um, I think I bought the first one from him in 2005 when I was like 25, 26 years old. And, He's uh, for sure one of my favorites, man. <laughs> so, so good. Really inspirational to my personal style of uh, drawing, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you don't mind, like take a minute just to, 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 to hashtag Chris Dyer is God here. I don't know. <laughs> like Chris Okay, Dyer, for sure. I will. <laughs> he totally... Um, totally became an inspiration for me because, you know, I, I, I bought a painting from him. I bought one that uh, really spoke to me that uh, I saw on his website. But then when I went to go, you know, give him money and I actually met him face to face, I was like, Hey man, this guy's really cool. And like, I bought the first painting cause I really liked the painting, but like I, I kept collecting his art cause I really like him and I liked his vibe and I liked his mission and what he was talking about. When I would go over to his house, there was nobody else in my life that was talking about, the things that Chris was talking about and, and just getting to know Chris, you know, there was this whole period of my life where, where I had this belief like, Oh, I could never be like Chris. I could never do that. I'm not an artist, but at least I get to support Chris. And at least I get to transmute some of this crap money that I earned doing a job. That's not a hundred percent honest. And that I kind of hated and I get to transmute it into something amazing hanging on my wall and supporting Chris's career. And um, that's kind of how I came into the art world. And when It drew started, some of that energy into your life and it became a transformational process. It planted seeds, it sounds like. And I've, I've totally experienced that from art as well. I did not, I, you know, I got into art before I started making art again. And even though as a child, I love to create art, you know, there's that point where you lock it away and you say to yourself, I'm not artistic, I'm not creative, and it's just gone. And then it's crazy. Well, it. A lot I mean, of times a psychedelic experience is possibly necessary to even wake that up again for some people. Well, my buddy told me years ago, like, man, you should try painting your doodles. And I totally just didn't, you know, I was like, man, these are like, 
look at Chris Dyer's painting on my wall and look at this little doodle on a post-it note. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I can't paint these. Are you nuts? I don't know how to paint. Of course I didn't know how to paint. I never tried it. So <laughs> like, um, you know, I feel really, um, really blessed to have had that, that connection with Chris and to have seen him progress because when I first met Chris, he was still doing like tree planting in the summers, I think. And, um, you know, he still had to, to do other jobs to, to make ends meet besides doing art full time. And um, seeing him progress from there to where he is now, where he's traveling all over the world and giving workshops at, uh, in, he's in Vienna, Austria right now for a five week workshop at the um, Visionary Art uh, Institute in, in, in Vienna, Austria. And, um, you know, just pretty much people all over the, the world um, know who he is you know in the festival scene and everything and um he inspires tons and tons of people and um you know now now i'm at a place where where i'm like yeah i could i could be like chris you know i'm not copy chris's art or anything like that but i can i can be an artist i can reach out to people through my creativity and inspire people and and i do you get do do that. it I do get feedback from people and it's like, and sometimes I have to pinch myself still. Cause like I have that, 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 that old telemarketing mentality in me still sometimes where I feel guilty for, for selling my art or sometimes people will write me a nasty message about, man, you're always trying to sell and it looks like all you care about is selling and yada, yada, yada. And like, I'll take that really personally sometimes and it'll put me in a bad mood for a day or two. But, uh, you know, then I come back to reality and, uh, and read some of the positive comments that people leave. And, uh, you gotta uh, be careful with comments cause you'll be flattered or flattened. You yeah, know? yeah. You can't take them too seriously, but I know what you mean. Like, uh, that w it's hard not to have uh, a harsh response to some, some negative feedback, especially when it makes no sense or the person's just clearly being kind of mean. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the reason why that guilt exists and what you're talking about I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's because the entire system of commerce itself is kind of fucked up, dude. Like the idea that we need to try to make money and profit off of one another. When, if you know, you were a mechanic and your brother came in and was like, my car's fucked up. I can't get to work. You'd be like, I got it. I'll fix it on the house or I'll fix it for the cost of the part and no profit. Mm -hmm. But even though we are all generated from the same point in an infinite mandala and therefore we're all one literally one life form and one human family. We don't treat each other like family. We treat each other like customers, which is another word for a person what I'm going to rip off as much as I can. And that's not your intention. That's not my intention. When I sell my artwork, it's no one's intention um, deep down, but the system is designed to an extent to be kind of like that inherently. And well, it's just cool. dirty. And that money, like the federal reserve bank notes that goes to fund blowing people up and it goes to fund all kinds of weird police state shit. So, um, it's all whack. I think we need to get away from the commerce system and just create for creation's sake. And, and art could be a currency in and of itself in some sort of future community where we're all trading with each other. You could like trade someone a painting for a, a whole bunch of, stuff they grew in their garden who knows and it, yeah, it would no, be real I, value I that sometimes i do trade art for for if, if, if it's for something that uh, that i was gonna buy anyway or something i really like you know I, I have been known to do a couple of trades um you know for for stuff that uh, i would use anyway but um you know in, in it, what what gets me 
is people that accuse artists of spam when they're trying to sell their art. It's like, really? You, you get advertised to by companies with billion dollar budgets who literally do studies on how they can brainwash you the best. <laughs> so true. And you're, and you're getting mad at me for putting a price tag next to my painting that's a one of a kind thing in the world that took me four months to do. And, and they don't have to subscribe to you. They, they could block Facebook. you. <laughs> it's you madness. Know? No, it's like, but, uh, but I think that's, that's part of that consumer. It's, it's not even the consumer culture. It's, it's the, it's the control of the manipulation culture is like, if, if you, if your brand name isn't recognized, it must be a scam. Type it's thing. the like, destruction of the imagination in the average person. That's been so masterfully executed by people that want to control. Yeah, like people trust names they hear all the time. Like people are still going to go vote for Hillary Clinton again. <laughs> Usually names you hear all the time are the people you should not trust. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Except Chris Dyer. Chris Dyer is legit. <laughs> yeah, just throw out there, we haven't mentioned it. His website's www.positivecreations.net. Check that out and, um, you know, check out Chris's work because uh, what he does is just uh, fantastic and unique and um, he gets better at it all the time. He's throwing up gigantic murals these days. I mean, he's just... Uh, oh, yeah. It's, you can, you can feast your eyes. You could feast your eyes for a long time and just be completely blown away. And, like, I learn shit whenever I look at Chris Dyer's work and I have ideas about what to do with my own work. And it really, like... I can level up from looking at his work long enough. I'm not even kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been to a couple of workshops with Chris at, at Cosm. I'd really like to get him on the show. I think it'd be pretty possible. So uh, it's something I've been meaning to hit him up about for a while. But uh, I've actually managed to keep my schedule going with the podcast pretty pretty full. So, um, But yeah, maybe you can put in a good word for me. Yeah, definitely. I know he's at his thing in Austria for another month or so, but uh, next time I, I see I'll send him a message on Facebook, and next time I see him uh, in person, I'll definitely mention it. Cool. He had mentioned being interested when he got back from that trip. I just had no idea how long it was. Yeah, I think it was five weeks, and I think he's like about a week into it. I I've, I get all his posts on Facebook. He's one of the few people who's like, actually, I see everything that he posts. <laughs> well, it's cool that you're friends, and it's cool that you – Honestly, you really express and vibe the same exact energy and intention through your work that he does. And uh, I've felt, I felt plenty inspired by seeing what you do. When I see you hustling your shit online and trying to sell stuff and really getting it out there, I'm like excited. That makes me go, oh man, I need to work harder. <laughs> like that's good. So, you know, for all the bad comments that you get, there's a hundred or more people that were like, fuck yeah, dude. And they didn't say anything. Yeah, no, I know, you know, I, uh, like on a certain level, I know that. And I think it's mostly because I come from a telemarketing background where, where I used to get people used to tell me that literally all the time, dude, you're a scam artist. This is a scam. They'd hang up in my face. They'd yell at me. And, and they were oh, like, there's kind of a karma thing going on. They were kind of right. So now when somebody says it to me, I want to be like, man, you know what? The, this isn't a scam. I put my heart and soul into this. You know, I take it personally and I, and I, I shouldn't, but uh, it's hard not to sometimes, but uh, you know, that's something I get better at as, uh, as time goes by. <laughs> also, it also depends on the day. You know, if I read a comment like that right after I stub my toe and before I had my coffee, then I'll take it a lot differently than if I have already had my coffee. <laughs> oh man, coffee though. I feel like that's one of the things that's borderline 
a problem addiction for me when it comes to art because I kind of get into such a jitter zone that um, it fucks with my ability to draw. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, I totally good. relate to that, man. If I have more than my two, I have two coffees a day. If I have more than two, I'm asking for trouble. Yeah, you're, you and I, uh, I think we have some similar things going on in, in that regard. <laughs> Coffee is like super necessary when you're trying to have that hustle and trying to keep your focus and all that, but it does require some uh, attention to balance so that you can also engage your creative flow and not be too far into just like the left brain, go, 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 time-based mentality. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, Speaking of time-based mentality, I think I'm ready to start wrapping things up, but I would like to get any you know, links that you want to throw out there, uh, remind people of your website, any types of products or, um, you know, art that you're particularly excited about, want people to see or anything you're going to be doing in the near future, maybe for any of your personal fans that are listening that might be able to connect with you. Um, hit yeah, me with definitely. It. I mean, uh, first of all, uh, the best way to see my work is always on my website. It's www.nexusvisions.com. And um, on there, I've got original art. I've got paintings. I also work in another style from mandalas that's kind of more inspired by like 80s video games, 80s fashions like Zubaz pants and Swatch watches and Borne shirts and, you know, all the bright uh, fluorescent surfer stuff that was going on back then. And um, then uh, I also have all kinds of products with my art like blankets and silk scarves and prints and I've got t-shirts and... Uh, you know, basically, um, my intention with putting my art on all those products was to allow my art and those high vibration designs that I create with full of passion to, to be able to ripple out into people's lives that uh, in, in other ways besides just as, as original paintings, because obviously not everybody's um, an art collector and not everybody's, uh, you know, going to be buying original art, but uh, you know, a lot of people will buy a t-shirt or, or a silk scarf or a blanket. Uh, you know, it's, it's a really cool way to get, um, get my art out into the world and hopefully, um, hopefully other people see it and, and get that, that experience of, wow, what am I looking at? That's awesome. So, um, you know, check out my website for all of that. And, um, obviously minds.com we've talked about a lot check it out minds.com if you're not on there already you should be and um you know check out uh, alex gray's website www.cosm.org that's c-o-s-m.org and chris dyer's website that we mentioned which is the www.positivecreations.ca or, or sorry dot net and um yeah, you can check out uh, all of that, and uh, if you if you're not already familiar with all those websites, uh, well, there you go. You've got uh, you've got a few days of inspiration to go through just from those few websites I mentioned. Definitely, definitely. I think hopefully people will have quite a bit of inspirational fuel just in general from this conversation because uh, I know that, uh, like I was saying earlier, this is just the epitome of what I like to do here. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving me all this extra time. Um, I'm going to be doing something new with this episode where uh, the second 45 or the, the latter 45 minutes or so of the conversation after the hour mark, I'm going to be putting into sort of a plus type of uh, subscription thing. I'm going to launch on my Patreon where people that are subscribed are going to have access to extended 
for extended episodes. So um, thanks for letting me create my first extended episode. Also, I think that this was a great little, uh, a great amount of bonus content. Uh, yeah, I, man, it was it was cool to get into talking a bit about psychedelics that we didn't really talk about in the first hour because uh, that is that is an important topic. You know, that is uh, a big a big part of what is behind the inspiration for my art and and then the philosophies behind it and uh the people that i connect with and that uh that i think we all are inspired by you know people like alex gray and chris dyer they definitely had their own experiences with those and um you know i think that terence mckenna if i'm not mistaken said that uh, i'm paraphrasing here but he said it's 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 not about the psychedelic it's not only about the psychedelic experience itself it's about what we do with those experiences when we're not on psychedelics, and I think that's uh, that that's what a lot of our conversation had had to do with. Oh, very common that profound wisdom from Terence McKenna mirrors what we get up to here on Interverse. So, uh, thanks for drawing out some really wonderful emanations from the cosmic nexus point through the form of this conversation. It's been. Super good time. Much love, buddy. I hope everyone goes and checks out these episode notes for links to Adam's art. And I'm looking forward to when we can have another conversation just like this very soon because I have a feeling that we'll want to. Yeah, definitely, man. It was awesome to connect and uh, it'll it'll be cool to get to know you even better. Listener, you have made it to the end of this episode of Interverse. Did you have as much fun as I did? Are you thinking, wow, wouldn't it be great if this podcast extended for another 45 minutes? Well, you're in luck. If you take a gander at the show notes, you'll see a link to patreon.com forward slash Interverse where you can access a brand new subscriber perk that I'm starting with this episode. It's called Interverse Plus, and I'm modeling this idea after some of my very favorite shows like Mysterious Universe and the Higher Side Chats. I think having a plus-level subscription where listeners get extended conversations and early access is a really fun way to reward you guys out there who want to get involved and contribute to helping Interverse grow. So, for a measly $5 a month, which averages out to about a dollar per episode, you will be getting sometimes up to double the episode content an exclusive feed of my daily artwork, and more perks than I can name here. This plus extension with Adam is one that I think you'll all be interested in because we go into much more exploration of our opinions and experiences with psychedelics. Adam's near-death experience, his inspirational friendship with legendary artist Chris Dyer, and much more gets covered in this extra bonus content. It was a real pleasure to have Adam on the show, and I do hope you'll go look at his beautiful mandalas over on nexusvision.com, Or join us on Minds.com and subscribe to his channel there. He's a kindred spirit and we share a very similar perspective on life's many meanings. And if you can't justify the $5 for Interverse Plus quite yet, you can always help the podcast out by subscribing on iTunes or YouTube, sharing on social media, or giving us a five-star review on iTunes podcast app or in the iTunes store on your computer. 
Every little bit of energy you reflect back into Interverse gets absorbed, harmonized, and multiplied to be paid forward in my continual effort to bring you brilliant creators with life-changing perspectives. I have a plethora of wise and positive people planned out for the month of November, and I literally can't wait for some of these podcasts. They're going to be next level. So until we speak again, stay true, stay curious, and keep on imagining a brighter world because we need your light to bring this dream back to balance. Much love. This is Chance. I'm out. Chance.